Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to episode 100 of High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Monkey. Hey, guys, how's it going? Monkey down here in the Southeast US. Hope your day is well. We have Bubblehawk. G'day, guys. Bubblehawk here from the land of Oz. Hope everybody's all good, high, and ready to go. And we have one whole half. (laughs) <laughs> of the High Ladies podcast. Amanda is here this week. Hey, guys. It's Amanda up in uh, Ontario, Canada. Sweet. Thank you very That's much for joining us. We don't have Annie this week because she's off uh, chilling somewhere. She's enjoying a holiday just like TG is. TG is also he's going camping this weekend, I think. So he's going to have a nice time out there. But hope yeah, everybody's think, had a good week. That, that must be what these Canadians do, you know, for the, for the two weeks of the year that it, the weather's nice, they all leave and go do something. You know what I mean? The sun's out. Yeah. It's not freezing and it's not hot right now. Let's go. <laughs> That's exactly it. Get in, get in a boat, spend some time by the water and and then go freeze. Mm-hmm. Just trying to absorb as much sunshine as you can while it's there. We only get two weeks of vitamin D. Damn. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much. For, so, sorry, Bubble Hot. You're right. No, I was just saying I've had this discussion with the wife the other day and we were opposite. We were like, we want to go up there when it's like prop uh, snow and blizzards and in a nice little cabin with the fire on. We, we, yeah. We're enough with the heat. We, we're done with the heat. We don't want any more of that. Yeah. yeah. You, you like it when you see it in a picture. Uh, yeah, well, this is this was the point. Yeah, I was, I was saying it's probably quite nice in a picture. It's all good and fun and well, but when you've got to snowed in for a week you can't get out of the cabin it becomes a problem i suppose somebody asked there where marge is as well marge unfortunately she's uh well not unfortunately she has family visiting her her sister's coming to visit and she doesn't get to see her very often so she's off this week but she will be back for the next show so don't worry a string of of small things so they just she'll be back Mm -hmm. yeah she was gutted as well because you know she said i'm not able to make it next week i'm like oh man you sure it's episode 100 she's like fuck (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, if you want to check out some stuff from March, of course, you can always head over to her podcast, The Bite Me, the show about edibles podcast. And you, High Ladies, had an episode with March recently, didn't you? We sure did. It was awesome. Uh, a fabulous conversation about just how we came to be and our, our roots and our, I, I like to call it our origin story. Nice. I like that female perspective on can- cannabis because you don't get a lot of that these days. Mm-hmm. Mm. No. Yes. And uh, with legalization, happened up here in canada you know it, it just seemed like a like the perfect fit yeah. perfect yes so uh what's margie's podcast called again just in case you didn't hear it's uh bite me the show about edibles it's on all the major social networks as well the uh, podcasting networks, so you can find it easily and you'll be able yeah. to listen to the recent episode instagram i think it's a bite me podcast dot com there's a lot of them out there you'll find it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Unsure said he's super high on edibles again. It seems to be a habit for you nowadays. Nice, bro. That's good. Uh, John Finnegan said, Congratulations, panel, and commiserations to the listeners on the 100th episode. <laughs> thank you, John. Thank you. And thank you to all those people who have stuck with us as well. Yeah, 100 weeks. Well, a little bit more than 100 weeks because we've had a couple of uh, weeks off. Only a couple, though. We've been here pretty much every Sunday for the last two years putting podcasts out. It's been fun, man. We've had a good time. And, you know, we've, this is just the main show as well, the 100 episodes, because we also have the interviews, which get done a couple of times a week as well. So we've, uh, we've streamed a lot, to say the least. You know what I'm saying? But thank you to all the listeners who have been here for the whole journey. It's been fun. We've come a long way. So anyway, what else has been going on this week? Anything interesting? Been up too much, Monkey? No, he's gone quiet. Did it, did, did it break it's, uh, it's no, it's needing break anything again. The cool. monkey's sitting cool. over here with a mute on again, talking like crazy, thinking he's part of the conversation. <laughs> Why yeah. is nobody talking to me? What's going on? <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, well, it's just it's okay. It's all good. I'll do something else right now. Um, we do have a, a couple things over at the forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one thing exactly that we that just happened, and we'll go ahead and uh, 
announce that now. We have, uh, we're moving uh, Woody up to the, the section moderator position at Percy's on the hydro side. Seems like he was doing most all the heavy lifting anyway, and we asked him if he'd like to join the team in that capacity, and he has agreed. So Woody, congratulations, yes. you are our new Dragged section moderator for hydro. That's right. Congrats, <laughs> buddy. You're, you're one of us now. Congratulations. Yeah, man, it's a big deal. We don't it. make moderators every day. This is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, thanks uh, for the hard work you do over there, Woody. It's, it's always appreciated, mate. And you always give out great advice about the hydroponic shit. So keep up the good work, bro. Definitely, sir. Don't stop the banter, bro, because that's that's a good part of my day. Yes. <laughs> Getting in and seeing that Woody's tried to take the piss out of me and then, you know, throw a little back and he throws a little back at me. And, yeah. Right, so keep a smile. Woody, yeah. And we might as well go yeah. to the other part of it. Is we, we have a few more hours left for entries into uh, uh, Plan of the Month over at Percy's and the plant to beat right now might be this monster table thing that just got entered a few hours ago. So if you're, if you're over at Percy's, have a look at the thread. And if you have a plant, throw it up in there. We need a lot of, a lot of competition for this big old monster that just got entered. I'm going to check this one nice. out. So are we ready for news? Are we ready to move on to the news already? I imagine we can. Does anybody else have anything else? Anything, anything to add? Amanda, you got anything to shout out there? Any news? Any news or well, well, like just about your podcast or anything? Uh, let me see. Let me see. What do we got going on? Uh, we just wrapped up some some contest things and reached out to winners. So we we finally tied up all of our loose ends, and that actually I think that goes uh, um, forgotten about when with you know running contests and doing mm -hmm. things within social media is like sometimes it's so easy to get like to fall behind mm -hmm. and uh, sure. and like lose your footing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So I, I feel like I finally got my, my feet back on the ground and uh, ready to run into uh, the next season sort of full force. Uh, nice. we got some great things lined up and uh, yeah, I, I'm just waiting on Andy to get back from the cabin. Yeah. It's hard work producing a podcast, isn't it? It, it is not uh, it? It takes up a lot of time, man. It takes up a lot more time than, uh, than maybe we had anticipated, but it mm -hmm. feels so good. Um, and having that, that back and forth communication and getting the opportunity to network with, you know, other podcasts and mm -hmm. people like yourselves uh, makes every minute, every second of it worth it. So yeah, for sure. It's good fun, man. Yeah. It's good fun. Yeah. So we're excited, excited for a new season dropping in uh, September. Sweet. Sweet. What's the new season going to be about? Uh, I think we're, we're rolling with innovative people um, within the cannabis space. So we really want to highlight some people who have brought innovations uh, to Canadian cannabis, whether it's we, we've got some a couple of LPs that are sort of unique um, and we're working on some uh, some really exciting big guests. So I don't want to say too much until they're confirmed. Cool. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you know, you don't want to put your foot in your mouth. Mm -hmm. I do that all the time. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> that's from the same cloth. It's like uh, ages ago, like I'm at like episode ten or something. It's been that long. I was like, yes, we're gonna have Graham Hancock on the show soon because oh, I was yeah. speaking we're to him by email. But yeah, I'm still working on it. <laughs> Shit, in like ninety episodes, but he, he's coming working. soon. He's just a busy guy. He's a busy guy, but he will be joining us pretty soon. He said, uh, contact him in September. It's not like I'm just emailing and getting our messages back. We have conversations, me and Graham Hancock. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's just busy. But we have, you have followed through on most of the other promises, though, to get the guests on. You know, that might be one exception that you were not able to follow through yet. Yet. I'm doing yet. it. That's what exactly. I'm saying. Yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The power of the word yet still to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, the last time he messaged me was, uh, he said, uh, kudos for the persistence. <laughs> i'm not going away you know, fucking over 18 months of this but i will not stop well i'm a big fan of graham hancock man i'd love to get him on the show we'd have a great conversation for a long time i'll be one of those just get high so anyway we should move on to the news the actual news rather than just talking stuff now let's uh let's get a little bit more professional and move on to the next section i think is everybody ready let's do it So yes, lots of news to cover this week. It's been pretty big, big week for news. 
especially here in the UK, there's been quite a lot going on. But where should we start? I think we should start with Bubble Hawk this week. Anyway, see what's going on with Bubble Hawk. I knew Hawk. that was coming. Of course, it would be my bad news we start with. Thanks just want, I want to get it in and make sure you're having a chance to properly wake up. Yeah, and shit. That's <laughs> 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 so I'm enjoying enjoying a tradies breakfast at the moment, so it's not too bad. What's a tradies breakfast? Uh, coffee, coffee, cigarette, and a bong. So that's oh, okay. The, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was going to be like the, the name that you guys use for the traditional English breakfast. You know? <laughs> no, that we call that traditional English breakfast. All right, um, but yeah, our normal a normal breakfast here is usually either uh, you know bacon and eggs or um, Vegemite on toast or something. I knew like you that. were going there, Vegemite. Oh my god, no, not yeah. again. Let's not Veg- do that again. Vegemite and cheese on toast, guys. Some oh, scampi. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, don't, don't quite reach for the scampi first yeah. thing in the morning. I've been having nightmares, bro. It's been horrible. <laughs> anyway, right. sorry, bro. No, you're right. All good. I'm, I'm quite happily laughing at the fact that you've spent most of your life eating scampi and then hating on seafood. So no, I was talking to the wife about this yesterday. I was like, you know, you, you know what scampi is? It's like it's some kind of fish, right? I'm like, but it's like it's like shellfish kind of fucking fish. It's like, I shouldn't even like this, man. And uh, So we had a conversation about that. And now I'm going to try prawns. She's going to go get some <laughs> prawns. But they have to prawns be done right. Otherwise, it'll kill you, right? <clears throat> what the fuck, man? No. You, you no, no, no that prawn, prawn can be consumed raw if it's fresh enough. So no, it will not yeah. kill you. <sighs> you're, thinking, you're thinking of mussels. Oh, God. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, you yeah, want to do but... your news then there, Bubba Huck. We'll stop yeah, going sure. on tangents. Apologies, uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is the hundredth show, so a good few tangents here and there. It would go. Indeed, straight. indeed. I'm sure we've, we've got a few more in us. Sure. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, survey shows one in four patients use illicit cannabis to manage chronic pain. I don't know uh, if that's so bad I, news or not. That's pretty much we pretty much know this happens over here in the mm-hmm. U.S. All the time. Yeah, this is one of those ones that. Uh, we kind of knew was a thing, um, but apparently needed a, a full study and a survey. Um, so oh, yeah, it says a, a new survey by Chronic Pain Australia has found more than one in four patients use illicit cannabis to manage their condition, while many GPs remain reluctant to prescribe the medicine. Uh, the National Pain Week survey of 1,536 people revealed 27% of respondents use non-medicinal cannabis to manage chronic pain. Meanwhile, 82% said their GP should be more open-minded about treatment options compared to 86% in last year's poll. Survey also suggested patients are cutting back on food in order to afford medication and health specialists, Damn. with 70% saying they had gone without essentials so that they continue managing their condition. Oh. <clears throat> Pardon me, jeez. Uh, lack of awareness of where to turn for help was another major barrier, with 61% of respondents saying they didn't know who they should see about their condition. And Chronic Pain Australia President Fiona Hodson said, as the cost of living rises, uh, many of the 3.6 million Australians living with chronic pain may experience shortfalls and setbacks. Health services and treatment options, which are unaffordable for many, can force people living with chronic pain to seek out unsafe ways to manage and cope. Many don't feel that they have a choice. Uh, This is the problem I think we've had for a while here, is the price to, to get into the medicinal cannabis a market and get yourself a prescription for the people that really, 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 really need it mm-hmm. is way too expensive. Yeah, it's stupid, um, man. You know, a lot of the, a lot of these people can't work or, or they are on um, on on social benefits, and it's hard to um, you know, it's it's hard to afford everything. Yeah, it's hard to put the fucking times. heat on, man. Never mind trying buy yeah. medicine as well. That's crazy. Right? This, this is it, and and you know, like I I ordered another tub. Um, the other day because it's just a new strain they've got. So I thought, oh, I'll give that one a go. That sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, $200 for 10 grams. <laughs> $20 a gram. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's on my, and then, up, man. And then on top on top of that, because it's a, it has to be posted to me because I live rural and the only way, the, the only place that's, uh, that has um, or a, an actual pharmacy that's allowed to be delivered to by armed guard. You know, caravan, no, no. <laughs> fucking no, cars. Come, it <laughs> comes by comes by Australia's biggest, biggest drug dealers, Ozpost. So, um, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it it really, uh, I hate it, and and it's I've seen this happening again and again and again with people where they you know they hear about being able to use medicinal cannabis and the fact that it's legal and 
it, and they go, okay, cool, you know, I'll go and have a look at it. And before you even get your first tub, you've paid 270, 280 plus Damn. just to just to get your foot in the door. How does that compare right. to street weed though? Is it it's, uh, is it cheaper? Uh, it's prob depends. It really mm. depends. I think safer it's, maybe, but not it's a lot safer. Yeah, a lot, a lot safer. Um, but the problem with our street weed is a lot of people that smoke don't know about um, PGR and they don't know what to look for, mm-hmm. or they just don't mm. have an option. Um, they, yeah, so it's it's hard. And there's there's only one state here, as Jeff's popped up, that that it's a legal to grow in, and that's the ACT. And even that. It's one of those um, one of those things where you can only grow two plants. You're only allowed 150 grams wet and 50 grams dry, and you can't grow inside. And this is in Canberra that you're growing. Canberra is not favourable for growing cannabis at all. It's probably the worst state in Australia besides Tassie. And even Tassie would probably at times have a better growing uh, mm. growing environment than what Canberra does. So it makes it really hard. Uh, people get a lot of their stuff ripped off where they're growing in the backyard. They get it all the way, three quarters of the way to harvest and then bang, someone jumps the fence and steals their, their, their grow that they've been um, slowly looking after for as long as they could. So, mm. Yeah, I mean, to them, it's worth $20 a gram. That's crazy. Well, yeah, 20, 20 bucks a gram is about right. Uh, street prices. I know some places like in the Northern Territory, you're looking closer to 35 to 40 a gram street. Yeah. Uh, that's mainly because it's so hard for them to get into because we have a lot of Indigenous populations in that area and, and it is over-policed uh, to try and keep it out of the Indigenous population for whatever reason they deem that that's a thing. Mm. Um. So that's that's probably the hardest thing is is the access, but the price can be prohibitive on both ends, unless you know someone. If you know someone, you know most most of us are pretty happy if we know you and you're a mate to to help you out, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And we you know we're not going to charge you for it, uh, especially if you're sick. I mean that's that's what upsets me the most is that the people they're sick, they yeah. need help. What you know. I can have a heart, be a human. <laughs> really? you know, in, a, in a world where everyone's so disconnected due to, to recent events and it's no, a little saved bit of the day there. He didn't save the C word. He didn't do it. Well, the R <laughs> word. I guess that saved us from a flag early on. So. No we'll flags catch on this play, bro. It's going to be like a game of Minesweeper pretty soon. You know, <laughs> Flags everywhere. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I've I've had I've seen people get street for four three fifty four hundred dollars uh, an ounce, Damn. and then I've I've seen others getting it for two hundred and fifty an ounce, and it's you know not the best. Um, PGR is a, a big problem here. Mm-hmm. Um, not not quite as big as crystal meth, but still, yeah, won't go down that pricey. route. You still you have the problem in Canada as well, even though you got like the, one of the best legal systems in the world is, I know it's not great, but at least it's something. But how much do you guys pay for a gram of cannabis on, for medicine out there? For medicine? Uh, well, it depends because it can also be covered under your insurance as well. Right. Like your private insurance. Um, but like within the recreational space, you're looking 10... 10 to 15 dollars a gram for you know quality cannabis right but uh still too expensive cheaper. yeah yeah well, yeah yeah significantly cheaper though on the um on the medical side and it's also a tax write-off right because it's medicine mm-hmm. so good. there's like there, there's multiple benefits to having your medical license mm-hmm. and i'm a, a big supporter of people uh going out and getting their license or uh even just asking the questions about it uh the more conversation we have with our neighbors and our friends uh and our yeah our medical professionals the more that they will look into it mm-hmm. and start recommending it more yeah. yeah having a chat with family and and people that you know and friends it, it makes a huge difference in the attitude towards it i mean we're seeing a massive shift at the moment in in the public attitude towards it mm-hmm. uh, the government still sees it the same way so i mean that, yeah. that, that is that's, that is what it is there's no way well 100%. they can't make money out of it that's the that's problem exactly it mate exactly it mm-hmm. yeah. 
They need their piece of the ganja pie, you know? Yeah. Well, (laughs) Canada's making a lot of money off our cannabis right now, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. might might as well legalize it and make some cash. See, it's one of the news stories this week. We ain't covering it. Uh, It's not in the show notes here. But they've been speaking about that in the UK, about how much money can be made from um, legalizing cannabis, how many billions can be made in tax revenue. Yeah, and shit. Just leave yeah. it to the Tories to find the money and chase mm-hmm. the money, right? That's right, man. As soon as the yeah. Tories find it, we can make money here. We can get our shareholders a shitload of money here. Yeah, man. Legalize that shit. But they're yeah. already making enough money. They've already got their hand in the pie in different places, you know? Yeah, that, I think the trick is going to be balancing the government's role and, you know, they're, they're finger dabbling into mm-hmm. the industry with growing, organically growing the industry um, to support everybody who works in the space. Mm-hmm. You know, ca- cannabis in Canada is not really considered a career that there's a ton of growth within right now. Mm. Can I, can I ask, are you seeing with your uh, medicinal market and, and the, the legal market, are you seeing a lot of old head growers moving or getting the opportunity to move into it? Uh, that's Because that's one thing I've always sort of, you know, we, we've been growing underground for so long. It almost It's almost at that point where it's like you legalize all you want, man. I don't give a fuck. I'll do the same thing anyway. Mm-hmm. But do you find that, that, that these you know, people that have been growing for as long as they do with that experience are getting a chance to get into the market or is it just not at all? There's two sort of avenues uh, right now. There's the old school growers who are looking for and embracing the opportunity to enter the legal space. And then there's the the other ones who, who sort of uh, are rebelling against legalized or rec- recreational cannabis in Canada and saying, we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want because we've been doing it like this for so long. Right. So, okay. you know, it, it, it's kind of a split and well, I guess just like all things, like you just have to find your space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do find though, that there's a lot more old school growers that are opening, uh, opening their minds to consulting with larger grows or licensed producers. So they're saying, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to work for you, but mm. here's my hourly fee. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I'll come in and tell you everything you're doing wrong. Yeah. A lot of oh, consultation going on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's more of that happening, which I think is a very healthy uh, growth opportunity. No, yeah, both yeah, for, for, both sure. for the industry and for the, the, I hate to call it the illicit market or the gray market. The, I don't know. We call it the, the legacy market. The legacy market, the, the untaxed market is always a, a one which I do enjoy. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. untaxed. I mean, there's, there's nothing to say that it is any less safe or any less passionate mm-hmm. growers within the space, right? It, but it's just that it's untaxable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the untaxed market, maybe that's what I'll start calling it. That's right. And, yeah. and the market exists with or without the government consent. That's just the way it is. So if the government want their piece of the pie, they need to legalize this shit properly, regulate mm-hmm. it, and tax it. That's yeah. right. So make that move. So uh, this week's new story from the UK here, we, we have Billy Bonds. He's a longtime listener of the show. He's been on the show a couple of times, and we've interviewed him. He hasn't been around recently because he had some trouble. Uh, I mean, maybe you will remember that he was arrested for growing cannabis, and he had to wear a tag on his leg for a while. This isn't so much about him. And he's in the chat right now, if anybody wants to say hello to Billy Barnes there in the chat. But Billy's son has intractable epilepsy and uh, him and his missus use uh, cannabis to help treat his son and the the, uh, seizures that he has. So they were for a while using THC and CBD. And when we had the interview with uh, Dr. Bonnie Goldstein a couple of months ago, she gave some advice, you know, given the, the dosage she would recommend to use for Billy's kid. And they've been using um, the THC medicine as recommended by a, a proper doctor. And they were found out by the social services, which because THC is not uh, legal in that way, you can't just give a kid THC unless it's properly prescribed. And it's very difficult to get that prescription for the kids. 
So uh, the social services were involved. He got into trouble. They were threatening to take the kid off him. Lo- loads of horrible shit that you shouldn't have to go through when you're, in, you know, just trying to give the medicine to your child. But they were they went out and made it public and went to the papers and and spoke to some journalists about all this shit to, because they obviously need the medicine for their kid and they they were in a lot of trouble because they were giving the medicine to the kid. So anyway, we start off at the beginning here. A mother facing possible prosecution has called for high-strength cannabis oil to be available on the NHS prescriptions to stop her epileptic son suffering life-threatening seizures. And and don't forget about that, everybody. You know, these seizures, when people have epilepsy and they have seizures, each one is a life-threatening seizure. You know, there can be brain injuries during that seizure that will end somebody's life. So every single seizure is life-threatening and you need to do what you can to reduce the seizures as much as possible. And that's all these people are doing. Mitchell Gisborne, that's the name of Billy's son, uh, 15, has had fits since the age of five months when he was infected with the herpes virus, probably from a cold sore or something. And this shit happens pretty often. You know, it doesn't always end up to the extent where the child gets epilepsy. But lots of kids are infected early on by a cold sore or somebody who carries the herpes virus remaining dormant and shit. So when you have newborn children, just be careful of that. You know, everybody wants to kiss the baby, but you want to be like, get the fuck away from my kid. You know, (laughs) just be fucking careful, man. You know, diseases and shit, they spread. This happens a lot to many children. Uh, The story continues. He has tried eight different epilepsy drugs and undergone, undergone two brain operations. And that means, you know, they've, taken pieces out of his brain rather than allow him to use cannabis instead. It's like, what the actual fuck, man? Mm-hmm. You know, cannabis is so dangerous. But here, Caroline in the chat says he had herpes simplex virus enfilitis uh, at five months. Wow. You know, it's very difficult. And we're going to get Billy and hopefully Caroline can join us too, get them both on at the same time for an interview. They'll be on in a couple of weeks. We, You know, because we're having a break after this episode for a couple of weeks. And then we'll be able to get some interviews on and find out exactly what happened from the horse's mouth. You know, we like to do that kind of shit. But he tried uh, eight different types of medication and underwent brain surgery twice, which are carried out as a last resort, all without his condition improving. Then in 2018, his mother, Caroline, tried CBD oil, which can legally be bought as a food supplement from health stores and contains tiny amounts of THC, the psychoactive ingredient of cannabis. Caroline said for two years, Mitchell was a different child going to school and living his best life. And it's something we've heard about from many of the parents who have children who suffer with intractable epilepsy. And then they start using cannabis. It's like there's a light switch that just switches and they're completely different once they start taking cannabis as a medicine to treat this stuff. And there's loads of parents who have said this shit and it's just shocking that even still it's difficult for the parents to get cannabis on prescription for these children when it's clearly made a big difference to a lot of children's lives man. and how many crazy. children out there are still suffering because their parents are too afraid to try this shit a non-invasive medicine that's as dangerous as a cupcake and they're going to use it mm-hmm. as a last resort they're going to cut on the child's brain before they try this i don't get it mm-hmm. yeah caroline never be a last resort <clears throat> it says here but when the cbd oil stopped working caroline found it impossible to get cannabis oil containing a higher level of thc on prescription it's very difficult here in the UK. Uh, imported cannabis oils were approved for NHS use four years ago, but have uh, but have so far not been uh, only been given to three children in the UK. Um, and one of them is Alfie Dingley, who Hannah Deacon's son. He's been on the uh, she has been on the show and spoke about his issues before as well. But there's obviously more than three children suffering intractable epilepsy in the UK but only three children are able to get it on the NHS. Instead of going out and get, paying ridiculous amounts of money for the medicine, you can get it on the NHS, which is pretty much covered by the taxpayer. And then it's free, essentially, free to the point of use, which it should be. It's, uh, it's ridiculous that people have to pay this stupid amount of money to keep their kids healthy. In desperation, Caroline from Camelford, Cornwall, accepted an offer of free homemade cannabis oil from a friend who grew the plants. Uh, for their own pain relief. Uh, Caroline said Mitchell was by now having 10 seizures a day and banging his head. He was getting very depressed. The oil saw his seizures drop to two or three a month. That's something which we've heard 
quite often as well is when these children do uh do start using cannabis the amount of seizures drop massively but as, as i said you know before i started reading this story these guys still were looking at prosecution from the police who social services were involved where they could where mitch could be taken from them and you know put into a, a home rather than being with his parents who obviously care for them more care for him more than anybody it's an absolute fucking joke man two detectives called at the family home last thursday and caroline feared she was going to be prosecuted in desperation, she has found a private pediatrician who will sell her legal cannabis oil containing a THC level higher than uh, a higher THC level, costing two hundred pounds a month, which isn't a lot, uh, consider, you know, compared to the the amount that usually gets charged. But I'm sure Billy said it was more than this. This is just probably in the newspaper, you know, reducing the numbers. But it's it's a lot. It all adds up, man. And when you should be getting this stuff on the NHS for your child's medicine you shouldn't be paying the 200 pound a month you know uh, but i think billy said it's more like 200 pound a week the amount that, that gets used it's very expensive man she's now crowdfunding to afford some for next month and their gofundme page was shut down but i think it's already started back up i think billy sorted out and got another one up and running too so yeah billy in the chat there says social services are fucking assholes yeah it's not cool man it's not cool i can't I can't imagine being placed in that situation as a parent. Like, uh, I have two small children, and you know, hell in high water, I would do anything to protect mm-hmm. them, including breaking the law. Yeah, sure. Um, but the the idea that I found a solution that your your traditional medicines haven't, or sorry, not traditional, your pharmaceutical medicines haven't been able to solve, and I've been able to solve it on my own fuck you my kid's taking it damn right yeah. mm-hmm. i just I, I i can't imagine it this this feels like an issue that i uh everybody needs to to be aware of and to hear and to start talking about and bringing attention to because it's not it's not right no it's not and Caroline says here in the chat as well, but um, I'm still looking at prosecution and they still looking at putting him in a residential care. Absolutely fucking shocking. It's, it's shocking that you have to go through this shit, Caroline, man. It's a damn shame. That's stupid to remove the child from, from his home because he's getting medicine that works. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, because they've got the THC back recently as well. Uh, so they're using THC medicine. They have to pay a ridiculous amount of money for it. But the amount of seizures he's had. It, Billy says to me earlier, I spoke to him earlier, that he, Mitch hasn't had a seizure for 12 days, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So it clearly works, but they just, you know, they don't want anybody having it, you know? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, man. It's a damn shame. Yeah. So what, what happens if, you know, in worst case scenario, they do this to people and then the child ends up in, um, in different care, and then, then obviously they're not getting the the CBD oil, so then they go back to having, you know, multiple seizures a day or multiple seizures an hour. Like that's how is that caring? How is that making mm-hmm. that child's life any better? The child you know, could die, literally could, could die from removing the uh, the medication from the child, yeah. and they're not even caring about this. Right, right, because yeah. it, because your preconceived notion of this this plant that you've classified as a drug. It, it's just mm-hmm. ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and well, you're trying is, to be doing drug, the best but that you drug know. can be as much medicine as it could be anything else and you know well, that's, all, that's exactly all drugs it. are medicine and all medicine is drugs so there you exactly. go mm-hmm. you know it's it's only until somebody high up within the the political structure has a child who struggles with a similar condition and finds that it works that anything will change and that's sad Mm-hmm. Uh, and Billy yeah, just said like in the chat there, they uh, said mm-hmm. they could kill him protecting his health, and that's exactly you know mm-hmm. every one of those seizures a child has could potentially be life threatening, and they just take away the medicine, claiming you know we're doing what's best for the kid. I think the mother knows what's best for the kid here, and you the the government, the NHS, you know the authorities, they need to listen to these people who live with this every single day rather than pretending mm-hmm. they know what the fuck they're talking about and going mm-hmm. and fucking just making people's lives a misery, man. Imagine being under this kind of pressure. Absolutely shocking. 
Well, I know Dr. Grinspoon and Dr. Goldstein have both been over to the UK talking to them about this medicine and things like that. They're still mm-hmm. not listening. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a shame, man. But we'll get Billy on in a couple of weeks and um, and Caroline too, hopefully. We'll be able to get them both on. and You'll be able to hear the full story from those guys then. You'll get in your full, I'm sure, on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You I know, can't wait to it. Can't wait to hear from them. Billy is obviously very emotional about this shit as well, because Billy also suffers with cancer and he uses cannabis to treat his cancer. And, you know, just he's seen the medicinal benefits of cannabis in many different ways. And to be told you're a criminal and you're a risk to your child because you're using it as a medicine is it's just there's no words, really. It's absolutely fucking shocking. Mm. Uh, Caroline says, uh, I now have to prove I've not given him psychosis, etc. And did the NHS have to prove that they did give him psychosis when they took pieces out of his brain? So what the fuck, man? Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, some of the medications they try before they do the operations and stuff are pretty damning, too. I mean, my God, just it's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know. How, how do we change it? How do we go about even starting to change it so that the doctors at least try these things that you know, I, I love Dr. Goldstein's explanation. This stuff is yeah. about as dangerous as a cupcake. Yeah. Well, Caroline, yeah. you know, she, she's doing the right thing, fighting it. Yeah, the cannabis community here is here to support you as much as possible, man. And if you want to drop your GoFundMe link in the chat there, and if anybody can help out, that's obviously massively appreciated. But you could also contact uh, Billy over on PersiScoreRoom.com if you can help out in any way. I'm sure they would all appreciate it. So. Mm-hmm. You know, just stay strong, man. Stay strong. You, you, you're putting up the good fight there. And mm. not, not just for your child as well, but many other children in the country who need it. And I saw um, all the moms, like Hannah Deacon and Rachel Rank, Rankmore and um, Hannah Deacon, all up in the chat up on Twitter, just sharing the, the, the story, making sure that it's out there and getting well-known by people. So that's good to see, yeah. man. They're all working well, this, together. This story also popped up on the Legalized Cannabis block. Uh, for Australia as well, so it's it's getting around. It's it's being spread down here as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, the right. linkage there in chat. So if anybody can help, you know, you know it would be massively appreciated. So yeah, shit news, but things are heading in the right direction, just slowly. And it must be torture as a parent to see it move so slowly. Especially when it's your parent, your child that's sitting there in, in, in the mix, man. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just that's the torturous part. It's like, yeah, watching other people's child go through it. But my gosh, I could just imagine me. Oh, just makes me sick thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stay strong. And Mitch as well. You stay strong. Little guy. Yeah. yeah. So what's next? Let's move on to another news story. So we can try and lighten the mood a little more now. Do you, do you want to go next, Amanda? You want to, uh, because your story is quite interesting there. So this is a story uh, that I found by Tara Deschamps from the Canadian Press. Uh, She writes that one third of bud tenders hired in the last year have already left the job. So nearly one third of Canadian cannabis retail employees hired over the last year already left their job and 24% didn't even make it past their first month. The data from marijuana analytics firm Headset released on Thursday shows that 56% of these employees known as bud tenders who worked at any point in the last 12 months have lost their job or have left their job. So I think this is, this is super interesting because it's something. So in my day job, I spend uh, time in cannabis stores all over the province. Mm -hmm. And uh, I often will see from one week or one month to another, I'll see the same bud tender in a new location. Um, mm. sometimes multiple there, there's one, one, one particular bud tender that comes into mind that I've seen in at least half a dozen uh, shops in the last five months. So are they just shopping for better deals as far as employment goes or? Well, that's what it feels like. So the article continues that uh, uh, the report covers workers in Alberta, Ontario, British Columbia, and Saskatchewan between June of 2021 and May of 2022. So this was a period when cannabis businesses were carrying out layoffs and facing stiff competition as the number of pot shops soared during the COVID-19 pandemic. So that there's that, which mm-hmm. is that a ton of stores opened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and tons of people needed to be hired to, to man these stores. But now a lot of those stores are shutting down. 
mm-hmm. and we're seeing them fall like they're dropping like flies at least here in ontario mm-hmm. so uh there, there's a cool factor so many are drawn to the, the sector because they think cannabis has a cool factor but then realize the job can be as tedious and public facing as other retail positions it can sometimes feel like putting lipstick on a on a pig Right. It's still retail at the end of the day. You still have to do customer service and customer service is a very demanding job. Not mm-hmm. everybody's cut out for customer mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Right. So uh, the, the, there's also a pay factor that comes into this uh, as well, because it, it is still a, you know, a fairly minimum wage job. And because of the laws within cannabis, there's, you can't incentivize your sales in any way. So mm. you can't reward your top salespeople for, you know, being exceptional at selling cannabis. Mm-hmm. So there's not so, much of a, a reward. And it's supposed to be a minimum wage as well, right? They're not going to pay very much for that shit. Correct. So I can flip burgers at McDonald's and get benefits like medical mm. and dental, you know, mm-hmm. med- uh-huh. you know pro- proper benefits, you know, pay into an RRSP or, you know, 401k type of investment plan. Um, And there's those kinds of benefits, but cannabis stores, uh, you know, most are at best are offering a 20% discount on their cannabis. So, which I suppose can be a lot if you smoke a lot. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Same with any other business. You have to take care of your employees. You know, you have to treat them nicely. You have to pay them good money. Yeah. Yeah, but when you have a when you have a big job pool of people wanting that job, though, then you don't have to take care as often or as mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. because well, I can just replace your release. Yeah, it's I think a kind of supply probably, and demand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people trying to get into the bud tender thing right now. Yeah, yeah, but it it, it is a very demanding job, and you're you know with the, with the rules and the regulations around how we're allowed to speak about cannabis here in Canada and specifically Ontario, where right. I'm from. Um, you, you can't give medical advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you, you can't advise in any capacity of what, what may be helpful or not helpful for a particular ailment type of question. Mm. So, you know, people sometimes even come in with the best of intentions and in mm. wanting to help people with a, a plethora of knowledge, but unable to share that. Wow. So when asked a question, you just basically have to say, I'm not allowed to say anything or just. Yeah, there, I've seen bud tenders come up with some extremely creative ways of sort of circle talking things. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it makes it really difficult. And if you're a customer who doesn't pick up on those those hidden cues in a conversation, you might really be frustrated and have a poor experience within that environment. <laughs> I gotcha. Right. So, there, you know, there, it's like a multifaceted issue. Is. Uh, something that at the end of this article that I found uh, interesting was uh, the author writes that Canada's fit has had about a 56% turnover rate was only one hot, 1% higher than in the US. Um, so this seems to be a problem that doesn't only affect Canada, but seems to be a Maybe people get involved thinking, oh, this is going to be so cool. And then you get in there and it is like, they realize it is like retail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. And it doesn't seem to be much growth. Mm. So, you know, you, you want to work for a company that you can grow with and that you can see yourself be, yeah. becoming more. Yeah. Most of the dispensaries I've been to are relatively small based, low numbers of employees. And you're right. Once you're a bud tender, what are you going to become? Store manager? Beyond that, there's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Exactly. If you are a, a parent and you can, you smoke a lot of weed and you want a, a you know, a part-time job between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m., you know, it, it could be a fabulous job. Mm-hmm. You get to just go and hang out with other adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, that's not everybody's perfect solution. Be nice if you could like run your own coffee shop. Well, yeah, dispensary. I call them coffee shops because that's what we call them in Amsterdam, and that's what I've known. And yeah, uh, just a different model coffee shop. You can actually smoke inside of yeah. the place where you buy it. So yeah, that'd yeah. be fucking sweet. 
And I think that's actually going to be in uh, the sort of the next big thing within cannabis legalization here in consumption lounges. Yeah. Consumption lounges. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's a deal breaker when it comes to at least cannabis tourism. Yes. And I know, I know Marge is a bartender as well. I'm sure she enjoys the job. I'm sure it's nice to do, to be around cannabis and to do something you, you love, find something you love and you'll never go to work again. That old saying, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure that, it's there's still times in every job, you know, where you have to deal with that customer doing, you know, whatever. You just uh-huh. gotta bite your lip and get through it because this is your job. Mm. Right. Unless you own the place and you'd be like, get the fuck out of my shop. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think there'd be a, a market for for a form of um like a, a ticket for them to be able to to discuss things with patients? Um, so having a qualification kind of like they do with pharmacists where, you know, certain, certain members behind in the pharmacy in the background there can go and get different tickets to learn uh, more about specific medications, what they do and why they do it. So that when someone comes in, they can actually discuss these things with the patient themselves, or is it something that that's just not something people want to sort of invest in, I suppose. That's the dream, I think, for, uh, for, for the recreational cannabis world, is that you would have one or two people who are experts in what they do, um, and they're you know, just a little bit better trained. But it, it, that would really infringe on the medical side of cannabis, uh, which is already an established industry in Canada as well. So mm. you've got these two fighting political things that are not helping the patient or the rec consumer, or the industry, or the workers who work in the industry. Mm. So it, it's a non-perfect solution. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see high turnover rates until we, till the market sort of uh, adjusts itself and we have a reasonable number of stores and mm. they sort of spread out a bit. I suppose it's like with everything though, you know, you can't have 12 McDonald's all within a block of each other one of those mcdonald's is just not going to get you know or will the, and, and then the, the other side of that spreads out you know they're they're not going to make as much money as if they only had one shop within yeah, a couple of blocks of each other right so the old starbucks suppose, model you mean where does there's a starbucks every 50 feet you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah they tried bringing starbucks down here mate never didn't work we we're like no 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 no, no thanks <laughs> we're happy with our you. coffee as it is <laughs> No, there's some cities though where you can't walk a block and not find a dispensary. It's it's crazy. Hmm. Well, that's what I thought. Being that it's now, as you said, with the pandemic and everything, and people getting into more into the industry and more shops popping up left, right, and center, maybe it it comes down to it being um, too too many, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. too many cooks mm-hmm. in the kitchen, and I think too many people with it. You know, maybe only financial dollars in their eyes you know people came Mm. into the industry with deep pockets and said i can do this i've run a a shoe store (laughs) before right and uh trying to adopt some of the same models so you know i i see dispensaries that are very uh og i guess you would say very very underground if you will Mm -hmm. um and then you know very much the apple store method which is Mm -hmm. nothing on the floor and only a set of tablets that you're Mm -hmm. ordering from and both have their their merits and their place but uh not every place wants what they've got right so well you know the the i think the market just needs to correct itself and then the the bud tenders i anticipate will will unionize and uh it'll go from there i hope uh, I do hope they unionize. Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard talks about that already, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of screaming on both sides of that one. Yeah, yeah. That whole union thing. Yeah, it's a bad word. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on which side you're on, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, it'll become the you know the fight of the little. It'll it it will be an epic um, Goliath story. You know, it'll mm-hmm. just become. Who, 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 who takes down who? <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, man. So you have some news from the USA there as well, don't you? 
Yeah, and it kind of goes into a little bit of a similar thing. Um, mm-hmm, this comes mm-hmm. out of California, um, and uh, it is a great step toward normalcy. Cannabis exhibit at California State Fair is a big hit with fairgoers. And, you know, I never really thought about it much before. I thought as much as cannabis is pretty much of a normal deal right now in California, this has probably already happened, but it hadn't until recently. And it is a California cannabis exhibit is a walkthrough space where people can learn about the plant, celebrate the farmer and get information about where the cannabis industry is headed. Uh, This is happening at the California State Fair this year. It's been going on since the 15th and ends today. Uh, they say that they're, they're looking at approximately 80,000, 70 to 80,000 people going through this exhibit during the 17 day run. Wow. And it, it encompasses everything from what is the plant? How does it work? How does it affect you? The different types of uh, medicine that can be made from the plant. Uh, it, it is a gated exhibit to where you have to be 21 in order to go in and go through it. I don't really like that part of it because I think kids need to know about this too, you know? But they have different areas of it like that, though. But interesting enough on this thing, the the green market is growing, yet 86% of the consumers that are going through this exhibit do not know how to properly use cannabis. Would you imagine that? Mm. I mean, I I know I was kind of shocked the first time I I went into a dispensary. I did not know what some of the stuff on the counter was. I have no idea about these terms. I was as naive as could be, and I had no clue what to even ask for. So I think this is a step in the right direction. Put up an exhibit and take this thing out of the closet. But to mm. me, it was it was exciting and almost almost scary, the fact that at least 80% of the people going through this exhibit had never used cannabis and didn't know how to use cannabis uh, properly. Yeah, that's good. Then. It's getting out to new what, people. What an open mind those 80% people had. They mm. say, oh... You know, uh, I've never done this. I know nothing about it, but I'm willing to walk through and see what I see. Uh, Around 30% of that 80% is also lying, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It could well be now, because it was funny. There was a little video on the website that goes with this article. And of course, I have to watch the little video. And it's, it's, uh, it was very typical on the people they were interviewing going, going through things. So I found it very interesting. But we don't use the stuff. You know, all, everybody had immediately come out and say, oh, but we don't use it. So it just immediately showed me that there is still a stigma out there in a lot of people that this is that stuff. A hundred percent. Yeah, unfortunately. That stigma, but, you know, it's, it's going to take a while. Yeah, but exhibits like this, I think you got, are a great way of opening up the door and showing everybody that it's really not scary. Mm. You know, and it, and this is a, it was a 17 day run. The areas of of the, of the cannabis exhibit, which was it was a 7,500 square foot special event space, and uh, one area was called "Learn About the Plant." It's a large format of infographics and monitors. It talked about the award winning cultivators who who are uh, farming in the state. They talked about the, the different awards that that this plant has won in the state of California. They're actually treating this in California State Fair like an ag crop. They they want a seat at the table with craft beer and cheese and wine and everything else. They said we are as much of the of an industry as anybody else here, and so this is their first step. Wow, that's yeah. incredible! That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So where where was happen. this place again? Is it is it a moving thing? Is it just yeah, in one place? California State Fair and Food Festival is where it was. And it it was from Friday, July 15th through Sunday, July 31st. It was a a one-of-a-kind exhibit for fairgoers 21 years old and older. So I'm just it's a to me very encouraging that somebody actually got this across the finish line and was able to do this for the first time. The organizer was saying that he's been trying to get this going ever since cannabis was legal in California, and he finally got it past the board. Mm. So you know how it is. Somebody's got to do it first. And so California's done it first. Maybe there are other states who have legalized now can push cannabis into a regular agricultural product and let it join everybody else at the table for this. I mean, it's not scary. It's just we get people. I'm just watching the discussion going on in chat there about um, Speedos. All these different <laughs> names. <laughs> Sorry, don't mind me. I spotted the word speedo and was like, ha ha. <laughs> that's my general wear around the street. You know? that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's summer attire, that is. Oh, yeah. Budgie uh, smugglers we've had here, cockatoo smugglers. Yeah. <laughs> From Chad Westport, we had under the gut nut hut. 
Yeah. Very nice. Creative. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> In the old banana hammock. Yeah. And then well, Steve, there was for your dong. There was a news article that I kind of did pass on, but yeah, I guess if, since we're going into the, this, this kind of talk already, there was an article about a woman who drank an entire bottle of THC-infused lube. What? Oh, I think I've read this. <laughs> you ready to? Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> it was like oh, I ran out of weed and I had nothing else, so I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll just drink the lube and see how high Oh, my God. <laughs> she purchased the lube oh, in the store. Oh, no. She followed the instructions and she found that she get a, she got a little tingle when she used the lube according to the way it was uh, prescribed, but she didn't get the effect that she wanted, so she thought about the person at the store had mentioned that she had once tried, tried it a little bit and, and taken a little bit and she did find out she got high well the woman <laughs> did she get she took, a, she took a little sip and she and it didn't happen too much so she took a little bit more well she did it she ended up downing the whole bottle the bottle contained 450 milligrams of thc in the bottle of blue oh, it all. she was high for three days yep Oh she, my she, God. she found out if she did things during that three days, which she had no idea what she did or when she did it or how she did it. That's very interesting. The fuck you drinking lube for though? Oh. Uh, right? I don't know. I mean, when you yeah. see this kind of articles, you got to read them anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those articles, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know. But you know what? Yeah, I have to read it now. Now that exactly. they've sucked, you know, me, and I've and that, that it's about. it raises the question of is cannabis addictive? <laughs> because <laughs> are you really going to yeah. do that if you're not addicted <laughs> to it? Ken Westbrook just got me in the chat. Why do you drink lube to wash down your edible undies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Amanda, if this is offensive, but I that's oh, funny. That's I'm sorry, good. that's funny. Yeah, that's too funny not to share. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just don't i don't know man drinking fucking lube like that that's like it's a because you're gonna think it'll be oily right I don't have it's no not gonna idea. be like a liquid you can drink it's gonna be more like like a gel or a, a i would imagine syrup. it was it was not intended to be uh easy on the on the mouth or throat you know it's not the no. intention if you know what i mean yeah yeah that shit's pretty oily. I, mm. I imagine. I imagine some of the things she didn't imagine doing is like shitting for three days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she yeah. was pretty high for that one. Right? <laughs> right. I didn't think she needed any laxative for that, though. I think it was fine. So uh, she's yeah. clean. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Anything she had for day, anything she ate for days after, just like went straight through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But that, that would have to go on to one of the worst stories we ever covered. If you know, yeah, those, yeah, yeah. That, that's Billy. They're just mentioning it from <laughs> the, the chop yeah, shop. The yeah, snip, yeah, snip, snip, chop, yeah. That one was pretty bad. I'm so that high, I'm gonna cut off on. my dick. And that was in oh, the news episode wow. one time. Everybody, go go and find out which episode it is. It was a good story. Damn, people do still, crazy things. I still man. can't believe that there has to have been something else involved in that. I'm sorry, in that one, in yeah. the snip story. That's it. Is. <laughs> I've never <laughs> felt the urge, no matter how much I've smoked, to, to lock yeah. off the member. <laughs> Not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, just haven't found that right strain, Mackie. That's what Jack the snipper. Yeah, people do crazy things to get high sometimes, man. This is why we need to legalize it properly. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say. But uh, well done to that lady. New, reaching new lows, you know. Yeah. God damn. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's becoming a, a sensational story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, then we, now descended into anarchy. Oh my god, there was bad before that, you know. We were talking <laughs> yeah. about speedos and then monkey ball up the lube drinker. Now, right. now look at them, now look at them go. <laughs> <laughs> they got our moving, didn't it? <laughs> so, we have some news outside of the forum and podcast as well. We have the uh, forum news, we'll quickly do that first. Uh, a quick shout out to the England's women's football team who won the Euros. That's something they haven't done before. That was the first time. It's not like I follow women's football and shit, but not like I really follow football. But when you go out and win a big tournament like that, it deserves some recognition. So well done to those ladies, man. That's very cool. Uh, congrats to Woody for becoming the section moderator over on Percy's Grow Room. Absolutely. Congratulations, congratulations on that, man. 
And then we have I'm Sparky, who is member of the month this month as well. We've noticed all the hard work has been putting in. Well, yeah, that's like tomorrow that'll start or in a few hours. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Tomorrow he's going to be member of the month. It works here. It's fine for here. Yeah, man. Oh, Bubble Hawk needs to announce it then. That's it. Too late. You've already already stolen that one from me. Oh, I feel bad now. It would have been official. I mean, it's actually it's actually the right day over there. <laughs> Damn. Didn't even think of that. Yeah. Unlucky Bob Hawk. You want to say it so then I can edit it? Well, tomorrow's <laughs> got to be the first anyway. So it'll be okay. Tomorrow's fine. Congratulations, Sparky. And then, congrats, yeah, congrats, man. Sparky, man. Well Keep up the good work, bro. Sparky, yeah. And then we have some news from Madame Cannoli as well, uh, Frenchie Cannoli's wife. Ooh. Said, I'm um, writing to let you know we have completed the documentary film that Frenchie was working on since 2017. It's titled Frenchie Dreams of Hashish. So we held the world premiere in San Francisco to a very positive acclaim. The editor in chief of High Times, Ellen Holland, who has been a guest on the show as well, mm-hmm. wrote a lovely review of the film and noted within the film Frenchie's genuine love for resins shines through as it does in everything he did this guy loved hashish loved cannabis and nobody really expressed it the way he did it then uh Mm. and he said uh, we are taking the film on a road show and we'll be screening in the following locations so if you're any in any of these locations you'll be able to watch the movie and you know we recommend that you do go and see it so the first one is in august 13th for you want to read these places out you know where they are by the um by the letters, right, Monkey, San Francisco. Oh, with, with the show notes? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Let me look. Yeah, um, San Francisco Marina Theater is on August 13th. August 21st will be in Los Angeles James Bridge Theater. September 8th will be in New York City Angelica Film Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 13th of September in Niagara, Canada at the Grow Up Conference. Uh, September 16th, Chicago. Location is pending. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be loads more different places as well where uh, they'll be showing the film. They just need to find more theatres that will play it. But I'm sure there's going to be plenty of locations. So keep an eye out for that in an area that's close to you as well. You can uh, join the mailing list that they have. Just head over to French's Instagram. You find everything you need over there. And if you don't know who Frenchy Cannoli is, then go and check out some of the interviews which we've done in the past. We had a super cool interview with Frenchy back in the day. But he yep. was like the world... The world's best cannabis uh, hashish, hashishian, that's what it's called, isn't it? But yeah, man, and he had more passion than anybody else you'd know. So check him out if you haven't. So you can find him on YouTube, across social networks. Yeah, and hopefully name Bubble Hash. He's got some great videos up there showing you step by step how to become a bubble hash maker. Mm, it's about the agitation. 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 Legend, <laughs> man, and and sorely missed by the whole cannabis community. He made a big impact on all of us. Yeah, I'm smiling just thinking about him. Actually, yeah. legend he makes me happy. So, if you are in any of those areas, then please get tickets and go and see the movie. Support Madame Cannoli and the things that she's doing now on behalf of Frenchie. So, and of course, rest in peace, French Cannoli, man. Legend, definitely, man. Legend. It was an honor to speak to the man. Mm-hmm. So I think that is all of the news we have. So there we go, everybody. That's this week's cannabis news and events. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And thank you to everybody who has joined us, not only for this episode, but all of the episodes we've done in the past. This was the 100th episode, the 100th time we've recorded an episode, should I say. It's been a massive pleasure. It's been a great two years of putting out content every week for everybody. And it's very nice to have all of you people enjoy it. It takes a lot of work to produce this podcast from finding the interviews to designing the artwork, doing all the editing and actually running the show as well. It it does take a lot of work, but it's always massively appreciated to know that you guys out there enjoy the show and it goes out to people who enjoy it. So thank you to you guys, the listeners. Thank you to the panel members without them we wouldn't have the show either so you know it's been a lot of hard work but it's all been worth it and we're looking forward to getting another 100 episodes done over the next couple of years so thanks for joining us as always uh we would appreciate it if you would share the show with somebody who might enjoy it that would help the show grow but it's not necessary just keep showing up keep downloading the show and keep enjoying it thank you very much as always 
for being here and supporting the show along the way. So we'll catch you on the next one on Wednesday for the interview and then Grow Guides on the Friday. There will be no show on Sunday and we'll have a week off all next week. So that's it for now. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks with more episodes and more live shows. But for now, we're going to go enjoy a couple of weeks off on holiday. I hope you enjoy your couple of weeks and we'll speak to you very soon. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks again. Thanks again.